Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Lots of texts coming in right now. Uh, paddle boat, pad, just before we get to Mark Spector for the horses and horse race in Alberta. Paddle boat says, Bob, didn't the Oilers get ripped by the media by picking dry sidle instead of Bennett back in 2014? I, I got to tell you, paddle boat, I don't remember that being the case. I think a lot of the media thought dry sidle was a pretty good pick at number three. Hey, Bob, uh, Leon can't skate, right? Hashtag. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think he's making fun of the fact that the perception was dry sidle uh, lacked uh, skating ability. Kurt has texted the show to say uh, out of uh, out of the four hundred three. Kurt says congratulations on Leon, well deserved. I'd like to know the nine people who are uh, who voted McKinnon and Dry Saddle in fifth place. Do they watch hockey? These two guys were a no brainer to finish one two from Kurt. Everyone's in, allowed to have their opinion. We know that because we have Mark Spector on the show, and Mark and me often. Um, have uh, animated discussions on lots of different topics. That's part of the reason why he's on. Sportsnet Spec brought to you by the horses and horse racing Alberta. Again, the Canadian Derby taking place Sunday, September 27th at the Century Mile. Fan access limited, but you can watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Mr. Specter, uh, let's get right to it. Are you surprised that Dry Settle was a double winner? The Ted Lindsay Award from the players and the Hart Trophy uh, voted upon by the media. Uh, no, no, not at all. It's um, frankly, it, it validates, I think, everyone's side. If the, you know, if all the players think that, uh, then I think those of us, the media, who voted them uh, for number one, which I did, feel, you know, I feel like okay, I'm on the right course because I think and I always say to you, Bob, and you always say it back to me: players, they know, right? Players know. Yep. So has a guy that voted them first, and many of my colleagues clearly did. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I made the wrong vote if he didn't win the Ted Lindsay. But the fact that he did tells me, okay, we're all on the same page here. And I, I challenge you to find, you know, someone who's going to say this morning that maybe Leon Drysaddle doesn't deserve the heart. It sure looks like he deserves it to me. I had uh, after three games, players from three separate organizations, and I'll be frank with you, it was from the middle of February to uh, the first week of March. Players from three separate organizations say Drysaddle is the best play, uh, player. <laughs> I was going to say player in the league. That guy is the best player in the league right now. And so, uh, I mean, the numbers were. And he def- he did all the things he had to do, right? He, in the, we just did the interview with the Mark. He talked about the you know Connor making him better. He talked about Nugent Yamal making him better. But when you have guys from three separate teams saying the same thing, but all focusing on something different, one guy Mark said he's 
unequivocally the best player in the world, blue line in because you can make plays on his forehand and backhand. Another guy said to me, name another leading scorer in the league that's on the ice in a 3v5 situation. Okay? Yep. And then another guy said to me, the Oilers have a sick power play. And he's the guy you have to watch. The I, I felt that really interesting. So there's three, and, and maybe that speaks volumes uh, because I know there's some people out there that focus on the five-on-five five play, and we've discussed through five-on-five he was a plus player. But it, it does show the different ways that he impacts the game, and that maybe that was part of the respect factor that he got from his peers, Mark. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, uh, I certainly dove into the vote uh, as a guy because, you know, to me it was a three-horse race. It was Panarin who had all the even strength points, which is a big deal now. You know, that's a that's yep. a major check mark in your column. And McKinnon's just McKinnon. He does everything dry that Seidel does. He's a, you know, he's freaking Nathan McKinnon. I don't need to pump his tires. And then there's dry Seidel. And one of the reasons, so two, the two things that really put me on dry Seidel was this. He is a guy that plays when it's five on three. He is taking the face off in the defensive zone at the most important time of the game for the Edmonton Oilers, ahead of Carna McDavid all day long. Uh, he was the best Oilers player this year. He was a better player this season than McDavid. Now McDavid's coming off a ripped up knee. He had an injury in the season. You know, that McDavid made it a conversation was credit to number 97 but in the end of the season i'm here to tell you that that 29 was the order's best player and finally i think the fact that in in a season when you know the only knock ever on leon dry was he was in mcdavid's shadow he played with mcdavid at even strength he played with him on the power play would he be this good without having Connor mcdavid what we used to say about malkin and crosby well this was the season where they took Dave Tippett, put him on his own line. He moved away from McDavid at even strength, and he got even better. And he carried this team when McDavid was hurt, and he just had his best season in the most challenging circumstances. So those were the reasons for me that he gets the, my, he got my heart pulled. Certainly had a Panarin who barely killed a penalty. Had a Panarin who, you know, when it was a 3-2 game with a two minutes left, Panarin wasn't on the ice much. Uh, th- those are the reasons. He's a complete player. He's just a complete player. Did the Oilers get lucky going back to 2014? Oh, yeah. I mean, lucky in that if you did the draft again today, you know, certainly draft, certainly Buffalo would have taken him. Would he go first overall? Well, yeah, but yeah, he would go first overall because <laughs> I, and I think I think Pasternak goes second, and I think the difference between the two is Leon's a center because Pasternak's yeah. Pasternak had a hell of a year too. I mean, he was right there, good player, right? Like we're talking four, five, six, and the you know based on the number. Now some would okay, say, would any wait, 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 would any GM in hockey trade Pasternak and Drysaddle straight across for each other today? Well, Leon's the center. People, some people say Pasternak's got a better contract, but his term is shorter than Leon's. Remember uh, that. Forget, forget contracts. Let's just talk about players. To me, Drysaddle's the centerman. Yeah, uh, Pasternak's a fabulous player, but Drysaddle's better. So that, did the that, Oilers I mean, get lucky? Yeah, the Oilers got lucky. And they people, they got the best player in the draft. And, and Mark, people will look to. You know, some other stats. Like, to me, Pasternak has benefited because he's played with arguably the best two-way center we've seen in the league in the last decade. Like, Patrice Bergeron's been a great two-way center. He plays on a line with Marchand. They've got a goaltender in uh, Tuka Rask that, you know, 
920 or better save percentage year after year after year, those things help in, you know, give a guy a plus 25 or 30. Now, the way they play might do that as well. I don't know how much penalty killing David Pasternak does off the top of my head. I know Marchand and Bergeron kill penalties, but yep. I don't, I you know, and I, I circle back to that. Like, Ed, one of the things, some of the arguments I saw out there were like, well, you know, five on five, if you look at his uh, goal share, chances for it, and I'm like, how can you not look at special teams in which we saw a team mark that had the best special teams in 40 years. They had the highest combined special teams percentage in 40 years, Mark. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. And you know what? I, I will, I'll say to you that, you know, I've, we've had this conversation, being one of only two players in the top 17 scorers in the entire league that were minus players, right? Being a guy that had 110 points and was a minus player, that's a, that detracts. You know, when you're making your decision list, on who you're going to vote for the Hart Trophy, and and Panarin's plus thirty or something, and this, you know, and I believe Drysaddle was minus three. I'm not saying it's everything, Bob. It's not everything, but it's something. You know, you just can't deny it. It is something. So, in the end, you know, back to Pasternak. Pasternak plays on a better team, and he's frankly surrounded by a deeper roster and better goaltending. Uh, but that's what we loved about Drysaddle. He broke away this year from McDavid at even yeah. strings, and he got better. Right, he took on that challenge, and he got better. And yeah, you know, he's just—he's just a fine, fine player. It's the the Crosby Malkin comparison to McDavid and Drysital. I'll make it all day long because I think it's highly accurate. Well, you know, and again, we have talked about this before, Mark. I mean, the Oilers had the best power play in 40 years, and Drysital went minus 10 on the power play. That's the stat that killed us plus minus. And there is not, and it speaks to why there's some flaws in the six on five. Right, as well as on the power play, because there's not a coach in the National Hockey League. You could ask any coach in the league, all right, you got a power play, and it's the best power play in 40-plus seasons. Would you take that if you gave up 10 goals against shorthanded? All in a heartbeat. So there's part of the argument the other way when you do a deeper dive. This text text comes to us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Leon from Mitch, and Mitch says, Drysettle has worked his butt off to become the player he is. Without the dedication, where would he be? I think he was skilled enough to be a 20-25 to goal 65 to 70 point guy mark that's the kind of player like and you got that's a pretty good player in the nhl it's a hell of a player but there is something to be said of the osmosis factor here with Connor mcdavid how much those two have driven each other and and that does bode well for edmonton mark long term that those guys are at this level and uh there's a I won't use the word healthy competition, but there's, well, there's a healthy competition, Mark. That's all there is to it. Oh, no question. And I I think that it's, you know, eventually it's going to go both ways, right? I mean, you know, there was a lot of traits that, that, you know, they said about Gretzky. You play with Gretzky, you practice with Gretzky, you get better. Mark Messier said that a million times, and he, he said it flat out. It made me better playing with Gretzky. I'm not sure Gretzky picked up a lot of the skills we loved about Messier. I'm not sure Gretzky ever, you know, got way tougher or or he certainly was never the face-off man that Messier was. He was never the penalty killer that Messier was, whatever. But I think we see in Dreisaitl, uh, you know what, I'll say it. I, I mean, I think, let's face it, McDavid is always probably going to be, he's always going to be faster, and he's always going to be a better offensive player, I think, 
maybe I'm wrong. But I think he'll probably always be a more dynamic, uh, take-you-out-of-your-seat guy than Drysdale. But right now, you said it earlier, Bob, who's the guy that's out when it's a five-on-three? If there's yeah. going to be some osmosis, what if there was little osmosis the other way? What if Connor McDavid looked over and said, why is Leon always taking the face-off when we're out together? I want to take these damn face-offs and got a little bit better in the circle, right? What if he said, I want to be a guy that plays a little bit of shorthand hockey once in a while? And he watches Drysaddle play, and that's healthy, and that's what makes you a good team. 1244 in Edmonton. Uh, we're going to get to – I'm going to give Mark a chance to compose himself after listening to this text. And it's this text comes in and says, Bob, at this point in time, in an age when a media member struggle and compete for traffic, clicks, and attention to their content, could it be that the way the Hart Trophy is determined needs to be reevaluated? I personally value – says this texter out of Edmonton – I personally value the Ted Lindsay Award more – then uh, much more at the present time. In the past, the players were far more limited in how they got to see the rest of the league, and the media had more access to see more games. That's not the case today. That's an interesting topic that we're going to talk about when we come back. Mark Spector for the horses and horse racing Alberta. It's 1245, and you're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, I'm Darnell Nurse from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Slot Darnell. Again, the texter brings up the point at 1246. He says, at this point in time in an age when media members struggle and compete for traffic clicks and attention to their contact, uh, to their content, could it be that the way the Hart Trophy is determined needs to be reevaluated? Mark, I thought the NA, uh, the Professional Hockey Writers Association got it right. I, I personally would have had uh, Drysaddle and McKinnon 1-2. Um, that's a hundred. In fact, the only time that I can think in the last twenty years that they didn't get it right was the year that Jose Theodore somehow ended up splitting the vote with Jerome Ginla. I th- you know, and you, I guess you could make you know, did Connor McDavid deserve a better fate in twenty seventeen eighteen when Taylor Hall won? The players chose McDavid that year. Uh, the media chose Taylor Hall. Part of the rationale the Oilers had missed the playoffs. Give me your take on it. Does the fact that everybody's competing for traffic and clicks and attention to their content. And we saw some guys that some might suggest were attention seekers last night justify not having uh, dry settle in their top five. Is that a factor? No, it's not It's not a factor. It, the end result is, and that's what we've got to look down on, Bob, all the people out there who look at this thing and they pick one vote from a, some wingnut who, sure, You've got 175 people voting, and every once in a while, some guy has a vote where you go, are you kidding me? That's your ballot? I do the same thing. You know, and I am used to be the president of PHWA. You can't just look at one out of 175. Look at the big picture. You know, the, heart, the heart leaders were Drysaddle, McKinnon, Panarin, Pasternak, McDavid, and Hellebuck. Is there any, and then Yossi. Like, Can you argue with that? Right. I agree. That's, it's hard to argue against that. You can argue, oh, McDavid should have been fourth and Pasternak should have been fifth. Let's have that discussion. But everybody who's supposed to be there is there. Your, your Norris Trophy was Yossi, Carlson, Hedman, Petrangelo, and Jacob Slavin and Shea Theodore. Like, those are the top six guys in, in 99% of everybody's ballots. So don't get lost, right, with one goofy 
guy with a funny ballot where you go, come on now, what are you trying to prove? Sure, is he looking for clicks? Maybe he's looking for clicks. And will he vote next year? We scrutinize those things, and I don't know. We'll see if he votes next year. But look at the big picture. And the big picture is, for this year and every year, Bob, PHWA does a hell of a job, and they get it right, not just number one, they get it right one through six in every ballot, almost unfailingly, Bob Stoffer. Well, the one issue, and you had to deal with it because you were president of the group at that time, was the year that uh, Ovechkin was voted in both left and right side. Mark, I'll give you an example. I vote on yep. the coach. Of the, broadcasters vote on the coach of the year, okay? Yes. Do you know who won the coach of the year this year? Uh, I forget. Was it Vino? Who was it? It was Bruce Cassidy. That's right, Bruce Cassidy. Do you know, and we vote top three spots. And do you know who I did not have in the top three? Bruce Cassidy? I did not have Bruce Cassidy, and it's because I respect how good the veteran players are in Boston. And, I mean, you're, you're talking about a team that's got arguably the best line in the National Hockey League up front, personnel-wise. To me, Bergeron, uh, Chara on defense, those two guys have sort of sent the template, and... And I and I was I do not think that Bruce Cassidy is a top three coach this year. I had Tortorella, the number one coach in the year, based on what Columbus uh, was able to do despite the injuries. I had Dave Tippett number two because you know one of the ways you judge coaching spec special teams. Any coach will tell you that. Well, who had better special teams in Edmonton over the last forty years? No one. And I had Elaine Vigneault from Philadelphia number three because the Flyers. And so some people say, well, you're an idiot, Stoffer, for not having Cassidy on there from Boston. And for me, I looked at Boston and said, they've got, a, you know, they've got a lot of good players in that hockey club. And, uh, and ultimately, they, ironically, they lost to Karask and they came up short come playoff time. So you're, you are allowed to have – here's the thing. You are allowed to have difference of opinions. The other thing is, Mark, it's important to get some younger voices in there. Like, the Athletic has, what, 45 uh, of the voters now? I think it's about 45 voters are working for the Athletic, yeah. And not part of the PHWA. And not all of them are Mike Russo and Jeremy Rutherford that have been on the beat for 15 or 8, 20 years. You know what I'm saying? If we we set a 15-year limit, we wouldn't have 175 people voting, Bob. We'd have about 50, you know? So, so, so who, to me, it's numbers. To me, it's numbers. Like you need a, a wide-ranging geographical base, people who see all the different teams. It's like your broadcasters. Uh, I think you guys run like a certain amount of broadcasters from each town, right? Two TVs and two radios, or something like that. Yes. Uh, you don't run, you know, ten guys from Boston and two guys from Edmonton. Doesn't work that way. So, I absolutely respect your right not to have Bruce Cassidy on your ballot, Bob. That's you know hockey. You watch hockey. Who the hell is anyone to to say that they're smarter than you when it comes to picking coach of the year? But at the end of the ballot, that's why they have you know eighty guys voting. Because in the eyes of the collective, right, in the eyes yes. of the broadcasters that vote on this thing, not just Bob Stoffer, you know, or Jack Michael. So in the eyes of the collective, Cassidy's coached the year. And if you don't like it, Bob, I'm just throwing this at you. If you were to be one who stamped your feet and said, I don't like it, stop voting. Let someone yeah. else vote. And my, my, my attitude was I totally understand why people chose Bruce Cassidy right. to be, be the coach. Fair. Right? But I, but I looked at, I looked at what, I, I mean, Torts and I just, from my end, I was like, how, like, 
how does that team even compete? They lost all these guys in a, huh? a year ago in the off season. Then they lost a bunch of guys during the season due to injury, and they're in a playoff spot. The guy's a hell of a he's a miracle worker as a coach. Sure, he's had a, I forget where he was a top three guy in the. Yes, him and him, him and Vigneault, uh and Cassidy were the top were the were the three finalists. Uh, I was I was, su- I was surprised Tippett was not higher than than sixth. By the way, uh, for the, for the coaches. All right, so so here's the thing: we're allowed to have a difference of opinion. Now, what about the guys that went out and wrote, uh, put it out there on Twitter right after? Hey, here's why I didn't pick for these guys because we had a we had a couple people because there are people that are suggesting well those guys are looking for attention. How would you respond to that? No, no. I mean, listen. There's two sides to this coin. Uh, are the president of PHWA? If you go to the PHWA site, everybody out there who's wondering or complaining or who that idiot specter vote for, we have every voter. Every vote is is absolutely transparent. It's on it's on thephwa.com. If you care to know how people voted, go there and look. It's wide open. So. Our theory is, Bob, we expect accountability and transparency from the players, from the coaches, from the GMs. That's what we expect as journalists. So when we vote on these things, how can we not be just as transparent? So you can't vote. If you don't want your vote to be publicized in PHWA, then you don't get to vote. Every single person, it's out there to see. So, you know, I got nothing to hide. Sometimes I, I nailed, this year I nailed a bunch of winners, whatever. You know, other years I don't. But the point is, if a guy comes out, your question is, if a guy comes out and says, here's why I voted, that's fine. Let him have his explanation. I don't see that as grandstanding. I see him as saying, hey, this is what I think, and and you and I don't agree, but it makes good sports radio, man. You know, it does. And, you know, it's interesting because some guys are analog-driven. I don't know. I don't believe Marette Atesh uh, in uh, Winnipeg is a voter. But I found him to be a guy that's analytic. He writes for the Athletic. I found Murat, him to be yeah. Murat Atesh, and yeah. I found I found him to be one of the younger guys that has a, a heavy analytics base that is able to communicate in a way that he doesn't try to make anybody feel stupid because they don't see it the way he does. You know, and that's a, that's an art form. Because Mark, the older you and me get, the more we realize that there are lots of different ways to see life. When you're the less we know, the older yes. you get. The, the more you realize, the less you know. And That's so, right. when you're when you're 25 and you're young, dumb, and well, yeah, anyhow, you know how it is. Yeah. You, you you sit there and you think you got all the answers, and you look at guys that are in their 50s or whatever, and go, what "The hell do these guys know?" And then you come to realize in time, you know, maybe they knew a little bit more. And hey, you know, the and it, and part of it is approach. Would you not agree? Part of it is this is the old analytics versus non-analytics discussion, right? Well, in a way it is, and, and this is what I would, you know, this is where this conversation is going. And I would say that that the analytics people have realized that when they came on to the scene and proclaimed Corsi as the great stat that would define all hockey, yes. now they realize, oh, okay, Corsi's okay, but it goes way deeper than that, right? Corsi isn't the be-all, end-all. Back in the Tyler Dello days, when he showed up and was the smartest guy in every room he ever stood in, Corsi was, if you didn't believe that Corsi was everything, you were an idiot. And you know what? That's not the way you show up at the party, frankly. And in in history now, the, the ballots are back. History has shown us that that whole 
you know, look at Kyle Dubas, right? Kyle Dubas is going to build a Stanley Cup champ because he's doing it on analytics. That's what a lot of those guys out there would have told you. And I think we're looking now at Kyle Dubas. He's a very smart young general manager. He's made some smart moves. He's made some dumb moves. But the Leafs are not a Stanley Cup champion yet, and they got a ton of work to get there. So there is no magic pill. Right? There is no magic beans. And I think originally the analytics movement came along like they had the magic beans, and I don't think any of them think that anymore, Bob. All right. Uh, Mark Spector joining us for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, the Canadian Derby, Sunday out at Century Mile. You can watch and wager on hbibet.com. 12.57 in Edmonton. When we come back, we'll talk about the Stanley Cup and whether or not Brian Burke was right on something. Is it harder for Canadians to lo- win because of tax? This is Oilers Now. We head off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.